welcome to the Styled Situation Podcast. We're your hosts, Kiara and Tamar. We're two best friends from the fashion world who will be discussing the latest fashion trends and more. Get ready to hear us deep dive into the fashion industry with interviews, insights, and our hot takes. Be sure to follow us and join the conversation as we share our thoughts and experiences. So grab a glass of wine and party with us. We've had a busy week tomorrow. I haven't seen you in a week. What have you been up to? Oh my gosh, Kiara, it has been a whirlwind. I've been going back and forth to Dallas for a client, which has been amazing, but I've had to like spearhead all my connections or like gain connections out there. So I found a really awesome tailor and um, got to work. I know what you're doing is like a dream stylist job. Like, tell me about this client if you can, or like what you kind of have to do on like a trip like this. Well, it's funny because one of my friends that's also a stylist was saying, isn't it better if like you bring him here? He is very young, 21, a gamer. And um, what I've been doing is sorting through all the stores that I have here and shipping everything to him. He has like a great like building that's very accommodating to everything where they, we have a system now where we can store everything in the back, wait for me to fly in. It takes an hour to fly in. So it's like, you know, if you think about LA or something, it would take longer to get across town, fly in, Mm -hmm. drive to the spot, pack everything up to his condo, unwrap everything, have the tailor meet me and get to work, put everything on the client, pin him. And then when he is done, he can hit the gym and I can take everything down to the concierge, give them the return labels and catch an ex-flight back home. That sounds so fun. It is a lot of work. I remember all the shipping and, but it doesn't sound like you're doing a lot of schlepping. It sounds like you're going to the store. You're like, send that, send that, send that. That's like the best way to do it. It's also really good for, and something that I didn't think about until recently was actually my safety. Mm -hmm. Like, I am so used to taking everything with me, like on Mm. my body, like in carts or in my car. But this is so much better as far as like all the shipping's insured and I can show up literally no bag or maybe like with one shoe that like someone forgot to pack and then take it with me and not have to worry about my physical well-being or even like (laughs) carrying something too heavy and like, you know. Or valuable. They're like, what if something happens to this? What if somebody steals it while you're at the airport? Oh, yeah. You know, that's always would be like what I was afraid of, like going to fashion week. I would pack stuff. I would pack bags that I've borrowed, clothes that I've borrowed, clothes that I've bought. But like either way, whether it's my items or someone else's, like I don't want them stolen. And you can't check these kinds of items. They have to be on you. So So I always remember remember having high high stress stress of like like, traveling traveling with, you know, with these kinds of things with all like my styling items. But um, my week was a little different. Work side, I was shooting some campaigns and selecting clothes, which is fun, but also very, I mean, it can be very stressful too. It's just been a kind of a crappy weather week. So shooting has been like really hard, um, getting kind of like what I wanted and, and choosing, I know selecting clothes sounds, it's, it is amazing. And I'm so obviously so thankful that this is my job, but it can be very time consuming because you're trying to, you know, you're trying to style the pieces in your head and you're like, how am I going to 
put this together? How am I going to put that together? How is, and you're trying to make something cohesive with your look, you know, your look, what's trending and what people are going to appreciate as well. And not just like, oh, I'm going to go grab this, like, because I have the budget, like for the brand or whatever, I'm going to go grab this like crazy piece that like maybe majority of people can't afford. You know, you're trying to make things right. Attainable. Attainable. Easily digestible. Exactly. Thank you for the consumer and something that I also would want to buy and have in my closet because I'm not just trying to like buy something, style it, and then like sell it or throw it away and like try to convince people to buy it. I'm saying I would totally buy this. I would spend my own money on this. And this is why you should have it too. So it's just very thoughtful on my end. So it takes longer. Uh And then on the other side of my life, I'm, you know, with Mateo and he's so sweet and he's going through this like clingy phase where like he just holds onto my leg the whole time. So so it's so cute, but really hard to get anything done. (laughs) I bet. I mean, I can only imagine like having the, being a creative director of something, which is like your, your content is something that seems so fun, but you have a million different things that you have to take care of and like a vision and like what you're saying, like how, how do I show how valuable and the value of these products and why you need them too? But just being aware as consumers too is really important now, especially with the economy, what's going on if things are not as, um, can we buy eggs as for, I know, right? That's funny you say that <laughs> we were boiling eggs and for like the week and I was like, oh my God, check the expiration date. And Matt was like, oh, okay. We still have like a few more days. And I'm like, thank God. Like, I don't know if we can financially recover. <laughs> and we had to throw in a whole box of eggs away. Oh my gosh. It's like we, we were so relieved. It's like last week we were talking about Prada, I mean, uh, Prada bags and Chanel bags. And this week we're like, oh my God, eggs. Eggs. It is the, where we're at. The hot items. <laughs> so something very big going on right now. That we're not at (laughs) fashion week. Yes. Yes. And I am curious, do you go every fashion week? Well, I used to go like when influencers were finally able to get into shows. Yes. I was going. Mm -hmm. I remember that switch and some people hate that. Some people love it. Like I, you know, there's a reason for fashion weeks, mainly for buyers and stylists and celebrities and all that. And that's, I think that's cool. I remember growing up, always th- dreaming like, oh, I would love to go to fashion week. That would be so cool. That would be so cool. But you like have to work in fashion to go. It's not like they're selling tickets. <laughs> so when I had the opportunity to go to fashion week, uh, when I was working with, I think my first time going was when I was working with La Palme magazine and I had the opportunity to go, thanks to Derek Warburton. And I had it was just like so surreal and it was so amazing. And ever since kind of getting that experience there, I was able to also, um, the next season, cause I mainly go in fall, winter, I've gone in winter and it's brutal. This is like so cold winter time. It's not, they're not showing winter. They're showing, you know, spring, spring summer. summer, but the season that we're in is winter and it is brutal. <laughs> it's like, mm. but there were some positives of going at that time too. However, ever so ever since, um, that first trip, I've started, I started figuring out how to, so it was an amazing experience, but, um, you've been right. I remember we talked about. Yes, I, I have been, I went a long time ago, right around when bloggers and influencers were able to go too, mm-hmm. and I had worked every connection that I had to get me in contact with the 
big show publicist, and I was able to score some seats. And then once you're in, you are in. They like send you follow up emails every, every season. Yeah, every season. Exactly. So yeah, I think that this, I think some people would love to hear like kind of how we, well, how we work to get into fashion week. Um, I know for me, it started maybe two months in advance to a month of preparation because the show schedule is released at a, um, this was like before I was on the PR lists and getting more regular emails about it. I would prepare my email. I'd kind of prepare my pitch, who I am, attach all the social medias, attach like what I could do. And this was just, this is just on my side. This is apart from the magazine. Cause then I'd also go for the magazine as well. So just on like my blogging side, I'd attach like all my little social media things I would look up the PR emails on LinkedIn or wherever, Google, like I just try and find it. And if not, I would reach out to a friend who maybe had a connection or had like an email or a PR email. And they were always like, we would share contacts like, and also as I continue to do this, um, my circle of friends slash bloggers, we would share our contacts with one another so that we all had like this big email list kind of cumulatively like together, which was always really helpful. Like just having a nice friendly community is always helpful. People raise each other up, you know, or they don't gatekeep. That's the word I'm looking for. (laughs) It's been very helpful for when I was just trying to build my PR list and like kind of get in for the first time. I was just like looking it up on LinkedIn, Googling, finding who I could, sending out these like cold pitches. Like this is who I am. Like I'd love to come. Like I'd get a really good amount of invites back. And I was like kind of surprised. Yeah, Because that was on my own, you know, like usually when I have the magazine attached to it, it's like, you know, no problem, no question or whatever. Yeah, be on my own too. I was able to do it. So that was like really, really cool as well. And then, like you said, you stay on their email and then you get invited back. See, I did it the other way around. I hit up everyone in town locally, like the retailer that I worked for forever and Mm -hmm. cold pitched them to to let me go and listed all the benefits of why I should go and why, mm-hmm. uh, work was, it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you working it. And Dude, you have to going, work for what you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they finally relented and it's when everybody wanted to go. And something that was like a client experience or a client development experience was taking like clients that would spend a million dollars or so to fashion for me to ask for it. I mean, it's something that everybody wanted to do. And so I pitched and I finally got an okay to go to a couple shows. And like you said, once you're into a couple shows, you can kind of work and ask people around. And maybe someone's there that can't make it to one show because it conflicts with another show. And then you can meet different people and network from there. Totally. It's like a huge networking opportunity. In fashion news, I saw Louis Vuitton appointed a new creative director of men's. Yes. Yes. And I have some feelings about it. I don't know about you, but I think that creative director, I've mentioned being a creative director of your own aesthetic earlier and your own content. I think it's a really big responsibility mm-hmm. to become a, to be a creative director and, and carry a brand. And if you guys don't know who we're talking about, it's Pharrell. Pharrell has been appointed the creative director of Louis Vuitton men's. Yes. Side. Yes. My personal thoughts on it. I really appreciate when a house appoints someone within the house that's been working for the house mm-hmm. for like a decade. Like you see Alessandro McKaylee and, uh, how he really was able to take all of his knowledge 
from the brand and then put his own spin on it in a really comfortable, confident way in what it did for Gucci. That's like my favorite. Taking a celebrity that might be very into fashion, might have millions of admirers and followers and really long-standing, really well-respected fashion house. I don't know if it does it for me. We'll see what he does. Kara, what do you think? Right. That's, I mean, I haven't seen any of his actual like work as a creative director. So other than his um, wonderful career, which he's done a great job at, and he's obviously very prolific and you know, certain aspects. I also feel that it's really unfortunate when we categorize people in just like one second. It's like, no, you can only do music. Like you can't do this other thing because, and because maybe because I like to do a million things <laughs> that I don't like saying like, you can only be an artist because we only know you as an art, like a, sorry, a recording artist, because we only know you as that. Like it's hard for the, maybe other people to accept him as something else while he, maybe he's going to do an amazing job. But I do think that probably somebody within the brand, I would imagine would be a better choice. Let's even talk on the retail level. Like mm-hmm. instead of promoting someone within that's yeah. really deserving. Yes. You know, these people have been working at your brand and loyal to you for how long, for how decades. And then they're just like, oh, some celebrity came in. Some glittery and shiny and new. Totally. They can like fix all their problems. Yes. So I am a little bit skeptic. I wish that they would have started him like, you know, like a sushi chef, like, okay, you can do the rice or like, you, like, we'll, we'll give you one year to work on rice. But maybe that's, maybe I'm old and cranky. What you're saying definitely makes a lot of sense. I think we, in the past, I don't know how long, just immediate past that I can think of when I've really paid attention to this. It's like we get excited for the celebrity collab or the celebrity thing to do this because, and the brand thinks that's going to fix their problems, like you said. Is a celebrity person, not necessarily Pharrell, but like any celebrity, are they going to put the brand first above their own image their own name but what do you guys think let us know in the comments on our instagram we have an instagram it is at styled situation something else that i found interesting in the news this week have you heard about what neiman marcus is doing yes that did come up on my bof yes yes and so i (laughs) found it to be really interesting so Mm -hmm. neiman marcus is doing away with their last call stores. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they said that they want to focus on their top tier clients. I have thoughts on this. What do you think? So if that's who's, I mean, they probably did a lot of research backend financial research and came to this conclusion that they're probably bleeding money with these stores. There's no point in having these, a ton of physical last calls if it's not converting for them. That's probably... It's probably like one of those like bottom, you know, it's a bottom line decision. I don't think it's a personal like, ooh, we don't want to serve like the last call shoppers. You know, I've I've shopped last call. It's great sometimes. And sometimes it's not. (laughs) What I found to be interesting is I don't think that they're saying, ooh, gross. I think that they're trying. Yeah, Yeah, they're not. It's funny because a lot of, I mean, a lot of brands and retailers will have something that is catered to the aspirational client. Like Mm -hmm. let's say Chanel has, of course, their high jewelry and their bags that are very limited edition. But 
they have all that fashion jewelry mm-hmm. so that their aspiring client can get their toe wet and, <laughs> and start collecting. And it's not that expensive. It's very, very approachable. Mm-hmm. So even for a brand like Chanel, who has very, very limited stock and wants to keep their high-end stuff very esoteric, if they have something that's supposed to appeal to the the entry level client. I think it's mm. funny that Neiman's is is taking this turn. Chanel is trying to grow that client. Neiman Marcus is saying we just want to focus on yeah. one part of the market. Yeah. But when I think of like Nordstrom has their their I mean they have every price point. Yeah. Well in <laughs> store too. Much. But then like Saks has off fifth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so many brands do try to diversify. Mm-hmm. I think but then there's also definitely, definitely room for like the Hermes or like the LV or like that only want to focus on the high end. It's like they don't need to just focus on the high end. They but don't associate with anything but the very, very high Exactly. End. Yeah, you can do more than – I get it. I get what you're saying. I wonder if it'll be good for Neiman's. I just feel like they've been struggling for yeah. a long time now. So maybe it's like what you're saying. They're trying to shut. I think they're just trying they... to shut down, not pay rent on all these like last calls because it's probably not converting. And I think a lot of their um, stock recently in the last call, like the past few years, like it really did used to be, oh, we can't move this merchandise anymore. Let's move it down to last call. And then you'd get like an awesome, like an awesome deal on like a legitimate you know, designer brand that's, you know, how many seasons old, but like whatever doesn't, it's still a good quality garment. And that's like, if something's going to last in your closet, I think that's important and a great way to buy it for a lot of people. But recently, just like with a lot of factory stores, they've be started to produce cheaper products just just for for their factory stores. And I think that they probably went in that, I mean, I didn't research it. This is just from my, me eyeballing the store. It seemed to be a, a lot of those brands and lines as well mixed in. It's true. A lot of those, um, a lot of that tier of retailer do produce just for that tier. And it's not like the old days. Not to poo-poo all over it, but it's not like you're getting what it used to be when it used to be just like you're getting that quality craftsmanship that used to be sold in the main stores. And now it's just on sale because it's overstock or or inventory that's left over from past seasons. I mean, we saw Barney's clothes, rest in peace. It was so sad. I feel like this is like a last ditch effort. And I feel like they're kind of trying to pivot by saying that they want to stay top tier luxury. But I think like what you said, what at the end of the day, they're trying to cut costs in any way possible. Yeah. Speaking of shopping, my favorite segment, what did you buy this week? <laughs> I cannot what did you buy to this tell week? you. Yes. So I have a coworker in town from New York and she's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I had brunch with her and her girlfriends that grew up on Long Island and they were all wearing the coolest shades. So they say we went to brunch, went to a really cool spot that I hadn't been to since they opened. And my coworker was wearing the Lueve inflatable mask sunglasses. Wait, oh my God. They are so cool. And I had seen them and sitting with her at brunch for a couple hours, I was like, that's it. I've been influenced and oh I bought God. them on the spot. So oh my gosh. Do I'm they inflate? Like you have to blow them up? No, they yourself? look like, so they have their <laughs> collection that was very inspired by balloons. And so they look like they're inflated, but they're like made out of plastic or 
you know, oh, whatever. Okay. The, it's not like an actual squishy balloon that you can. No, okay. no. I know. I saw your eyes light up and I just thought that you love the glasses, but you're imagining the glasses. I was imagining. I'm like, paint the picture for me. For those of us who haven't seen it. No, they, so they, they look oversee- like, if you think about like, um, a balloon animal, mm-hmm. um, they kind of look puffy like that. Yeah. So I'm, you know, both of us have small faces and we yeah. both have talked about glasses. I have glasses. such a hard time with sunglasses, like the hardest time. Well, they're on their way to me. So you're going to have to try them too when I get them in. Yay. I'm excited. Uh, what color do you get? Blue. Ooh. They're so sold out everywhere that blue, I was like, you know what? We're going to make it work. Oh, wow. I think blue is a good color. It's neutral. <laughs> it's a neutral. <laughs> I don't have anything that I've on my radar this weekend, this weekend, this week, but I think you can help me with my current dilemma. I cannot find tops that I like to save my life. Like I end up just buying a t-shirt from Cos, Cos, C-O-S, which is the one I'm wearing right now and love them. But like, I need some nice tops. I'm always messing up. So what, what do I need to get? This is a tale as old as time. (laughs) Like, I feel like the stylists, even with each other, we'll say like, ah, I need cute tops to wear to dinner. And Are they not the donuts. hardest thing? It is the hardest thing. But let me tell you what I am putting in all my carts and I'm like trying to decide right now which ones to decide on. But these are like major, major contenders, elements that have to be in all my tops. I'm really excited about sheer mm-hmm. lace, mm-hmm. black sheer specifically, um, sheer sparkly. Sheer sparkly. Yes. And then beige. <laughs> As beige. So, so all different kinds of nude, I guess. It's all very lingerie inspired, yeah. but that is what you'll see me in all spring and summer. Oh, oh and gosh. rosettes. I guess that's also lingerie inspired. Oh my goodness. Tamara's going around in her lingerie <laughs> spring, summer. <gasps> Too bad this isn't video recorded. But isn't it all very like Y2K? I like, love it. Didn't we wear this like when we were? Oh my gosh, yes. I remember like the ma- the mesh. I called them mesh tops. <laughs> yes. Was, like, it was like a mesh and they had like the different kind of like graffiti or like there's like a street side and then there's like a, you know, you had like that piece uh, together like tattoo it was like a, looking. Yeah. Kind of like that. So it's like a feminine version of that. Like I'm doing all layers. Yes, of this is, sounds and... so much more feminine than like. What I bought. Than what we did the first time around. The first time around. Which Mm. I would say that there's a strong argument. Stylists always say this, like when my clients are saying, Oh, but I want to wait for this to come around next. We, I always say it's always going to come differently and better. It's going to, you think it's going to be the same, but it will always be different. So if you're thinking about hanging on your whole closet, I would say don't take up that really good real estate in your closet because it'll be a touch different. Okay, that wraps up this week's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Styled Situation. It would be so awesome if you follow us on our podcast platforms. We're available almost everywhere. And leave a review. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye.